This is Joe Burns. And Beth West. Hey, thank you for listening to the Rock School Radio Podcast. We think you'll learn something. Now remember, if you want to hear the show with all the music in place, go to kslu.org and stream the show live. Thursdays at 5 and Sundays at 4. It's a new show every week. Now enjoy this week's Rock School Radio Show. Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. It's time for school. Rock School. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. And according to Tex Watson, it was New Year's Eve, 68, 69, however you want to look at New Year's Eve, that Manson reveals his idea for Helter Skelter to them at a campfire. And Beth West. For a man who's grieving, you You know, that's fairly logical. Class is in. End of the month of October here on Rock School. My name is Joe Burns, broadcasting from the campus of Southeastern Louisiana University. Also on the campus, also in the studio, also here. What's your name? I'm Beth West. Hiya, Beth. Hi, how are you? Now, by the time this radio show airs, I will have already done my fanfare lecture, my once yearly lecture to the campus of Southeastern. And hopefully, and again, I'm saying hopefully because we record on Monday and of course Wednesday comes, hopefully there will be a or an audio recording of it on the Rock School show website. Hopefully. Right. Hopefully. And if not by the time this airs, there will be very soon if the recording system works. So the uh, radio station or rock school website is kslu.org slash rock school. Or just simply go to kslu.org and there's a little clipboard on the right side. Yeah, it's easy to find. Rock school. Just click away. kslu.org, you'll find it. So what I want to do now that the speech is over is do the topic that I spoke about. Charles Manson. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting speech. Now, a lot of people have heard that Charles Manson was pushed to bring on a race war, what he called Helter Skelter, because he believed the Beatles were talking to him. But it goes far deeper than that. He has contacts also with um, the Mamas and the Papas. There's contacts with the Beach Boys. There's contacts with uh, the Grassroots. There's contacts with a group called Love. It was big in the 60s. There's a lot more than just the Beatles. And as a person, I... I am generally pretty aware of pop culture, and so of course I know who Charles Manson is, and right. I know that there's this like tenuous kind of connection to the Beatles. But honestly, I don't know really that much about him beyond the the Sharon Tate murders and the Manson right. family, the LaBianca kind of, murders. Yeah. And what's interesting is many people think that the Tate and LaBianca murders were the first murders performed by the families, and they weren't. They weren't. No, uh, a person named Hinman were the first, was the first person killed. So, real quickly, Charles Manson was born in Cincinnati, 1932, to an unwed mother by the name of Kathleen Maddox. A guy named Colonel Walker Scott was the father. Colonel was a name, I was about not to a ask. rank. Colonel no. is his name. Is his name, right. Okay. Interestingly enough, Colonel splits as soon as he finds out she's pregnant. She, 
his mother, Kathleen Maddox, then marries a guy named William Manson, and thus the name changes from Maddox mm-hmm. to Manson. We get Charles Manson. Fast forward 32 years, he's in Terminal Island Prison and has been in prison more years of his life than he's been out of prison. Petty theft, car thievery. Just small things. Right, like paper hanging, bad checks. Get, yeah. Right, that kind of thing. When he's in jail, he's taught to play the guitar, and he also meets up with Phil Kaufman. Now, you might know Phil Kaufman because he will later be the producer and manager of Graham Parsons. He was in jail? Yeah, with Charles Manson. And many people believe that Charles Manson tried out for the monkeys. He did not. He was in Terminal Island Prison. Okay. Kaufman that says would be a him, nice story if he did, though. It is. It's a neat little thing. <laughs> Kaufman says to him, when you get out, go and play this music that you've written for these people. And he gives them names in the music mm-hmm. industry. Gets out of jail and says to his parole officer, I don't want to be here in Los Angeles. Can I go to uh, San Francisco? The guy said, there's no reason why you can't, so go to San Francisco. Uh-huh. So. We'll go to San Francisco with Charles Manson. But first, the song that everybody relates Manson with. This is Helter Skelter by the Beatles. And as we go on, you'll find out why specifically the song Helter Skelter had a mark with him. The lyrics themselves don't really seem bad. bad. Yeah, They're about a carnival ride, but he meant it as the race war. And I'll tell you why in the next break. Here on Rock School. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. Where I stop and I turn and I go for a ride. Till I get to the bottom and I see you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or do you, don't you want me to love you? I'm coming down fast, but I'm miles above you. Helter Skelter by the Beatles. Now, why why? Helter Skelter? It takes a little bit of background. Remember I told you that Charles Manson had been in jail more years than he had been out? Right. Okay. For fairly petty things compared to what he later did. Exactly that. Now, while in jail, Manson developed a lifelong and seething racism. Well, he, yeah. Right. He Even if disliked. you didn't know that, if you've seen kind of more recent pictures of him where he has that nice little tattoo the in swastika. the middle, the swastika in right. the middle of the forehead, it's, it's pretty telling. Right. It started as a cross. It started oh, as a yeah. Christian cross and, and then, then was turned into a swastika. Okay. He hates African-American people. Straight away. There's That's no two it, ways yeah. about it. However, it's a tempered racism. I know that sounds like an odd thing to say, but it's a tempered racism. 
During his years in prison, he saw tremendous race riots, tremendous race fights, the people in prison splitting themselves into groups. And he believed that just as there were race riots in prison, there were to be race riots outside of prison. That like prison was kind of acting as a microcosm of what was to come. In his brain, right. And he believed in the real world that sooner or later the African-American man would rise up and attack because in prison, he, even though he thought the African-American man less, he thought him stupid, he thought him what have you, he also respected because the African-American man was stronger, bigger, faster, and could win the fights. So he, Charles Manson, was positive if the race war occurred in the real world that the African-American would win it. Now, I'm like, I understand. I'm, he's my insane. eyes are like, I know. He's I a, know. Yeah, we have to remember. This, we are, this is, is Charles Manson. Man. Okay. He also believed that once the fight was won, the African-American man then could not rule and things would go terrible. Because they're dumb. Because he's right. a racist. Okay. He needed, he, the African-American man, needed a leader and Charles Manson was to be it. Not only would he be the leader, he would be their Jesus Christ on earth. Ta-da. Oh, he would. Now, that's the real thought process so he he hated black people but he wanted to rule them exactly that. okay now to to understand the mind of a racist is hard enough to understand the a, mind of a delusional racist right, is yeah, even worse yeah now okay going on why helter skelter well, first of all, he believed the Beatles were talking for his generation. It started while he was in San Francisco with uh, the Beatles album, Sgt. Pepper's. Lucy in the Sky was the LSD uh-huh. they were taking. She's Leaving Home was the story of all the people who came to hate Ashbury. Within You Without You was all material possessions being given away. Day in the Life was Life and Death are Equal. And all this guru horse manure that he bought and then started preaching himself. So the Beatles were already there. Right, because that was kind of when the Beatles went from being just pop to psychedelia. To, yeah, right. But with that album, so when that he hears sense. the White Album, though, Helter Skelter suggests to him that the race war, which he interpreted as Helter Skelter, was the way to go. Now, he, in order to become Jesus Christ, must expedite. I'm trying not to laugh. Like, it is. Just it's laugh absurd. at the absurdity of it. He must expedite this race war. It must okay, happen. Okay, he has to trigger it. Right, yeah. it has to happen. And furthermore, the reason Helter Skelter was so large, because he believed, when I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide until I see you again. He, Charles Manson, believed in an old Native American tale that in the the desert... Mm-hmm. Outside of Los Angeles, Death Valley, there was an underground cavern, sort of a place of milk and honey, that he and his oh. family could stay while the race war went on. And, okay, while, and hide out right. while everybody was killing each other. And then when the race war was over, he would emerge, come back to the top when I see you again. That's his belief of Helter Skelter. Oh, I get it. Man, if yeah. you think you're rolling your eyes now, kiddo. Oh, oh I know. I know. Out. And it's like, you can't, it's, I always try to make sense of things and you can't make sense of crazy like that. You can't. At all. There's not, I just need to give it up right now. Trying to make sense of it. Now, contrary to what you might think, Charles Manson has actually recorded a tremendous amount of music. His first major album was called Lie, the Love and Terror Cult. And many of the songs on Lie, the Love and Terror Cult have been remade by major groups. I have a question about this. When they remake them, does he get money? 
either a, I don't know for a fact, but I've read that either a trust or his family. His family gets money. The okay, money. so right. he doesn't actually get the money. No, okay, he's good. not allowed to profit I in bet. California. Okay, good. This is Guns N' Roses from the Spaghetti Incident. It's called the Thirteenth Track. It's Look at Your Game Girl. It's from Charles Manson. If you want to hear the original Look at Your Game Girl by Manson, go to YouTube and, and just simply all on search there. it. They're yeah. all on there. Sounds like this on Rock School. on flying Think you're loving baby And all you're doing is crying Can you be Sad, sad game Mad game Okay, continuing on with Charles Manson. Now, Manson got tired of being a guru in San Francisco because he wasn't making any money. He had amassed a family. He had, the, I was going to ask if that's where the family started. He had about 18 to 20 people because people came in and out, mainly women. Mm-hmm. And one of his big pushes was that women's bodies are to be shared with everyone. There should be no sexual hangups, which means Charles Manson was just getting sex and sex and sex and yeah, sex. Yeah, that, that was kind of a free love. I mean, not everybody thought that in the late 60s, but it wasn't uncommon. So Manson decides he needs to get into the music industry. So he sends his family, his ladies around to try and make these contacts. Well, two of his family, Patricia Krenwinkel and Ella Jo Bailey, these are names that if you know anything about Manson, these are names that are going to be involved in Mm -hmm. the murders and such. They're hitchhiking up and down the Pacific Coast Highway and they run into Dennis Wilson, drummer. by the Beach Boys. Right. He's driving his red Ferrari, which, by the way, is the same Ferrari that Sam Cooke was driving the night he was killed. Really? I don't know that that's anything but kind of a neat fact, but there it is. <laughs> he picks them up. They go back to his house in the Hollywood Hills. They have sex. The mm-hmm. next day, he gets up and says, you can hang around if you want, but I got to go do a recording session. And he splits. Well, after he splits, in comes the family. When he returns home, the house is packed. They're just, yeah, like... The the ant scouting ants that right. go out and find a place and then the everybody comes in. Show the, up. Yeah. the story goes that when Dennis arrives home, now Dennis is dead now, but right. he died terribly. And some people believe he garnered a drinking problem because of his contact with Manson. But whether that's true or not, yeah, that's speculation, know. but you could understand if he did. Certainly. He is met by Manson in the driveway. Manson drops to his knees and kisses his feet. Now, we've got a symbiotic relationship going on here. Now, in in hindsight, we're like, get rid of this guy. Well, he wasn't Charles Manson. No, at, at this that point. point he would, you know, he had been to jail, but it was like kind of petty thievery Who kind cares? of thing. And it was yeah. kind of hip to have been to jail. Well, it was a symbiotic relation for a while. Dennis Wilson wanted drugs and sex, which Charles Manson could give. Had ladies and right. drugs, yeah. And Manson wanted to get into the music industry, which Dennis Wilson could give. Okay. Charles Manson is introduced through Dennis Wilson to the person who's going to hopefully be his producer, a man named Melcher, Terry Melcher. He's the son of Doris Day. He's producer of The Birds. He also sang back up on Pet Sounds, and he's also, you know, also constantly looking for new talent. Uh-huh. Well, Melcher listens to all of the music and tells Manson, no, 
Mm -mm, it's not worthwhile. We don't want it. But he goes one step further and he says to Wilson, these people are doing bad things to you. They're eating you out of house and home. They're stealing from you. They've wrecked your cars. Get them the heck out of your house. Oh, okay. he has a little foresight. Now, take take this with a grain of salt. Melcher may be the reason for where the Tate murders take place. Okay. Okay. Melcher has told Manson, split, get mm-hmm. lost. Okay. He takes, he, Melcher, takes Wilson out and two or three other people come in and kick the squatters out. So now the squatters are gone. And one of the things they do is steal a couple gold records from the walls and use those gold records later as currency to, oh, right. Because, yeah, whoever bought, like, whoever traded for them wouldn't know that they had gotten them by illegitimate means. Well, they all claimed they were songwriters and that they were songwriters for the Beach Boys. And by the way, here's a gold here's record, a gold that, record we received. that we got. You oh. bet. Here's a song from the White Album, Revolution Number 1. Manson believed it was talking directly to him. You say you want a revolution, evolution, do it. That's what Charles Manson believed. Right here in Rockstar. Say you want a revolution Well, you know We all want to change the world You tell me that it Okay, into the first break here on Rock School. Now, we've already had Manson talking about Helter Skelter and such. And according to Tex Watson's book, Tex Watson was the main killer in the 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 Tate Lobby. The go to hitman. Exactly that. Exactly that. Um, According to him, it was in December of 68 when somebody actually introduced Manson to the Beatles' White Album. You see, after they leave. Dennis Wilson's house, they go to a place called the Spawn Ranch, which is this movie set outside Mm -hmm. of Los Angeles owned by a man named George Spawn. And again, they say to him, we're traveling musicians. If you let us stay, we'll fix the place up. And we have all these girls and he's blind. George Spawn is blind. They can be your eyes and you can have sex with them anytime you wish. Sounds like a good deal for the guy, I guess. Lynette Squeaky Frome. Most people know her because she took a shot at President Ford or tried to take a shot at President Ford. Oh, yeah. She was a member of the family, right? Okay. Well, she was called Squeaky because when George Spawn would touch her, she would squeak. That's where the nickname came from. Nice. Okay. Tex Watson became Tex. Watson because George, you know, uh, Spawn uh, called him Tex because of his Southern drawl. So it was also at two other places. So they've got the Spawn Ranch Mm -hmm. and then two other places, both of them in Death Valley. One was called the Barker Ranch and one was called the Myers Ranch. So they were within range of where they could find their underground cavern to go hide. They traded at the Meyer Ranch and the Barker Ranch the the Beach Boys gold albums. And according to Tex Watson, it was New Year's Eve, 68, 69, however Mm -hmm. you want to look at New Year's Eve, that Manson reveals his idea for Helter Skelter to them at a campfire. 
okay. And no one ran off screaming. No one ran off screaming. They literally were under some kind of spell for him. Yeah. We're going to get to it in just a minute. Most people think the only killings that were done were the Sharon Tate murders and the uh, the LaBianca murders. Mm-hmm. They weren't even the first murders. So we're going to come back after the break. I'm going to play something really interesting that also came out of the Beach Boys element. And then for the second half, we'll get to the stuff that most people know about Manson. The gruesome stuff. The Tate LaBianca murders, along with the Hinman and the Shorty Shea murders, because those those are the other two that nobody, that nobody sort of talks, talks about. about. Yeah. So who's listening to us? Beth, who do you have? Uh, we have KPVL in Postville, Iowa. Nice people. WBSD Burlington, Wisconsin. I've always liked them. Get us on Facebook. Search Rock School Radio Show and like us. You really like us. Back in a minute, if you've listened to a song by the Beach Boys and you went, that sounds like Charles Manson. It is. Back in a minute on Rock School. Okay, coming out of the break, to get us to the bottom of the hour, do you remember they lived for a short while with Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys? Right. When Terry Melcher kicked them out, he did one more thing. He had listened to all of the songs of Charles Manson and told him, you're not worthwhile, we're not going to record any of these, Mm -hmm. get lost. But he did like one of the songs called Cease to Exist. And he said to Charles Manson, we're taking the song Cease to Exist. We're just taking it. We're not giving you any credit for it, and we're not going to give you anything, period. We're going to give it to Dennis Wilson. The Beach Boys are going to record it, and what royalties Wilson makes off of that song, he's going to take, and it's going to be used to pay back for the car you wrecked, for the things you did to the house, blah, 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 blah. It's your rent. So Manson had a song taken from him called Cease to Exist, and on the Beach Boys 2020 album, most people know it as the album that has I Can Hear music okay fine there's also a song on there called never learn not to love yeah it is manson's cease to exist so here is about 10 15 seconds of the manson tune right into the beach boys never learn not to love now you think today they've pulled the song off it of course oh no well, who would know? They unless do now. You, unless, I just told you. Yeah, well, I know. <laughs> Until right now, who really would have known that? Not too many people. One into the other, right here on Rock School. Pretty, pretty girl. Cease to exist. Just come and say you love me. Okay, on the bottom of the hour part of this show, let's take a break from Charles Manson and see if we can get away from piles and cans of crazy and uh, talk about seven days and 70 seconds doing the name one more time i'm joe burns I'm beth West. these are the dates october 7th all the way through october 13th and i believe beth you have monday do it october 7th 1989 jefferson airplane charged a can of food as admission to their concert to raise food for the homeless can't they all do that 
October 8th, 1957, Jerry Lee Lewis records Great Balls of Fire. October 9th, 1980, John Lennon released Starting Over, his first album in five years. And October 10th, 1978, Joe Perry and Steven Tyler are both injured when some idiot threw fireworks on stage in Philadelphia. <laughs> October 11th, 1973, Elvis Presley's and Priscilla's divorce becomes final. Mm-hmm. And October 12th, 1997, John Denver dies when he crashes his experimental plane into Monterey Bay, California. It's found out later the crash was caused because he ran out of gas and could not access the reserve tank. And then finally, October 13th, 1957, back when you could get rock stars to do this, Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra introduced the Ford Edsel. Bad car. Yeah. To the American public during an hour-long television and radio special. That's seven days and 70 seconds. Okay, let's talk about the killings of the Manson family. It's thought that Tate is the first. It's not. Bobby Boussoulet was a member of the rock group Love, which was originally called the Grassroots, but uh-huh. not the Grassroots you know, not in My Midnight Confession, right? So right. Grassroots became Love. Yeah. Many people believe it's Bobby Boussoulet that actually named the group because his nickname was Cupid. Fine. They, Love, kick him out of the band. He's disillusioned. He joins the Manson family. He also becomes hooked up with somebody named Gary Hinman. Uh Gary Hinman is this Buddhist. He's also got a crash pad. He digs musicians. Mm -hmm. And he used to go over there a lot. According to the stories, Boussoulet finds out that Gary Hinman, the guy who owns a crash pad, Runs into some money through an inheritance, about $21,000. tip. Right, and two cars. Great. Manson sends him, Boussoulet, over and a couple of girls to talk him into it. Say, join the group. Give us the money. Right. Well, after three days of interrogation, he continues to say, no, I'm a Buddhist. I don't join things like this. Manson shows up at the house, pulls a sword off the wall. Apparently, they had swords on the walls at that point in time. Takes the sword and strikes it across the right side of Hinman's face, cutting him across the cheek and through the ear. According to the autopsy, this would have been a fatal wound had the two girls, Susan Atkins and Mary Bruner, not stitched up the ear with dental floss. Oh, Well, there you go. After I wonder man- if it was mint. I don't know. That probably would have burned. Your wound that smells sounds, wonderful. That sounds awful. Now, after Manson interrogates him for another day, he leaves and tells the three, you know what to do. They tell him, Hinman, to get down on his knees. The girls hold a pillow over his face, and Boussoulet stabs him to death. Now, Manson still wants to start the race war, remember? Yeah. So they dip a towel into Hinman's blood, and they write political piggy on the wall. Okay, why piggy? Right, yeah. I'll explain it to you in a second. Pig is written at almost every crime scene. I knew that. I mean, but I never knew why. Why pig? Tell you in a second. Furthermore, they draw a paw print on the wall. Why a paw print? Because at the time, there was the Black Panthers, and they felt if they could pin it on the Black Panthers, it might start the race war. I know. I just, yeah, they'd have to be, I'm pretty sure they were all both crazy and on a whole lot of drugs to feel like just putting a bloody paw print on a wall is then going to indict. Right. There's racism and there's delusional racism. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, why pig? There's piggy, there's pig, there's pigs. Those are the three words that are written at the crime scenes. Why? Because the Beatles told them the establishment those who wouldn't join, those who were keeping them down, were piggies. 
Why? Because on the White Album, there's a song called Piggies. And yeah, what the Piggies is. need is a damn good whacking. Do you remember the lyrics of the song? Uh, somewhat, just a little bit. Right. And there's another line in the song that goes, out with forks and knives to eat their bacon. Keep that Thus in mind. The stabbing. Well, it goes further than that. Keep Ooh. that in mind. So they use the word pig because the Beatles told them the establishment was piggies. And here is piggies on Rock School. Have you seen the little piggies crawling in the dirt? And for all the little piggies, life is getting worse. Always having dirt to play around in. Okay, so Gary Hinman is dead, yes. right? And they've written Political Piggy on the wall. I wonder how the Beatles, have the Beatles ever reacted oh, yes. to this? And I oh, don't yes. know how they reacted to this, because it's not their fault. No. But you couldn't, I'm sure if it were me, I couldn't help but feel something. All four of them guilty. have All four of them have made comments. Mm-hmm. And all four of them have basically stated that it is horrendous and horrible. And in the speech, I give the comments that the, that the Beatles made. Oh, okay. Made. Well, then I look forward to right. it. Right. They're easy to find, mm-hmm. but they don't add much to the story. No, it's I'm sure it's... Yeah, it's yeah. basically, what does Helter Skelter have to do with knifing someone? That's John yeah. Lennon. Yeah. And uh, Ringo Starr is, I, you know, I knew these people, and, and he literally did. He knew yeah. Sharon Tate and such. And they don't add much to the story, but the fact is they did make statements. Yeah. And they made I one mean, statement and that was it. They obviously are guilty of nothing except that a insane man just happened to choose their music to speak to him. Exactly that. But um, I'm sure you can't help but feel some kind of weird strange kind of coalition or something well and zeppelin as well when when um the lead singer's son died a lot of people said Mm -hmm. it was because jimmy page was into the occult no come on no you know let's let's so ridiculous let's rub salt into the wounds yeah so yeah okay let's move forward now hinman is dead August 5th, 1969, Boussoulet, the man who performed the killing, Mm -hmm. is arrested driving Hinman's car. And furthermore, because he's more of an idiot, the knife he used to kill him is still in the wheel well. And furthermore, since he's more of an idiot, the blood is still on the knife. They have him dead to rights. Oh, my gosh. To jail goes Boussoulet. Yeah. Why? Why did the Tate killings occur? Well, some people said it was because Helter Skelter had to start. There's probably more to it than that. According to Tex Watson, two days later, Manson announces it is time for Helter Skelter. Could that just be the race war? Well, maybe. But it could also be that he, Manson, Mm -hmm. wanted Boussoulet out of jail. And if he created a murder as grim as Hinman's, they would believe that Hinman's killer is still out and Boussoulet would be popped out of jail. That's not okay. very sound logic, but okay. To this point, it's been smooth. Yeah, no, <laughs> okay. it's not. I know, yeah. Now, why Tate? Why this house? Why did they go after that? On August 8th, 1969, 
he, Charles Manson, uh-huh. tells four of his followers, including Susan Atkins and a couple other people, Linda Kasabian, Krenwinkel, and Atkins. It doesn't help if you don't have their picture, but four people. Four people. Tells them to go to the house where Terry Melcher lived. 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 He's not there the anymore. Past. He's gone. Yeah. So they didn't target the man himself. Nope. Just the place where he was. Just the house where he lived. Right. Go to the house where Melcher lived. And he said, quote, totally destroy everyone in it. Make it as gruesome as you can. When they all got in the car to leave, Manson leaned in and said, make it look witchy. Write things on the walls. Squish eyeballs on the walls. So that's how it started as if the crazy hadn't been crazy enough you got it let's do a quick short one so we're not just talking and talking this is another charles manson song called your home is where you're happy performed by the Lemonheads. and again if you want to hear the original youtube charles manson your home is where you're happy and there it will be so sounds like this on rock school your home's where you're happy it's not where you're not free your home is where you can be what you are Cause you were just born to bust in love As you got love in your heart You'll never be alone You'll never be alone Second break here in Rock School And I'm going to try to go through this as quickly as possible The four murderers mm-hmm. are there Okay. They, the they have arrived at the house on CeeLo Drive. Inside the house are four people, Sharon Tate, and she is eight and a half months pregnant. Yes. A guy named Sebring, who is a former lover of hers, but is now just her hairstylist. A man named Wojcik Frykowski, who is a writer. Mm-hmm. And a woman named Folger, who is the heiress to the Folger yeah, fortune. Yeah, I heard that one, right. too. Another kid named Stephen Parent is there as well, but has nothing to do with these four people. He's meeting with the groundskeeper in the back. There's a secondary building there. And he's trying to sell the guy a radio. This kid's a a radio enthusiast. He's had nothing to do with this. Uh, Well, none of these people really have anything to do with this. Right. They're just going to an address of a person who Manson hates who used to live there. Exactly. Well, Parent is unsuccessful selling the radio and comes back out, runs headlong into the killer's. You know, I won't say anything, I won't say anything, and they shoot him twice and stab him and kill him. Really wrong place, wrong time. Right. Into the house goes Tex Watson through a window, Mm -hmm. allowing in the two other ladies. They tell Kasabian to go watch. So Linda Kasabian has nothing to do with it. Patricia Krenwinkel and Susan Atkins are both in the house. When it's realized what's happening, uh, Frykowski looks at Tex Watson and says, who are you? What are you doing here? And the famous line comes out. Tex Watson says, I am the devil and I'm here to do the devil's business. Okay. So he gets Sebring goes over to Tate, again, eight and a half months pregnant, and ties them both together around the neck. The two other people, Frykowski and Folger, are taken to two separate rooms. When Sebring complains, hey, you're being really rough with a pregnant woman, he shoots him dead right there, drops him on the couch, right there, in front of Tate. So Frykowski decides, no, enough of this. He knocks over Susan and runs out the side door. Susan Atkins screams, uh, why can't I come up with a Tex Watson gives chase and beats him so hard with the butt of the gun that he breaks it, shoots him twice, stabs him 30 times. He dies on the lawn out the front door goes Folger screaming again, following him, Krenwinkel and Tex stab her 30 times. It's reported that during the attack, Folger screams out, you can stop. I'm already dead. 
Um, they go back into oh. the house. Oh, it's it's as hideous as it gets. I know. I just like I I have no real commentary for it right. at all because it's just so awful. They go back in the house, and Sharon Tate screams, "Don't kill me! Let me have my baby, and I will. You know, then you can kill me. Just let me have it. Just take me with you. Let me mm-hmm. have my baby, and then you can kill me." Susan Atkins says to her, "I have no mercy for you." Stabs her eighteen times and kills her. Takes a towel, dips it in blood, and writes "pig." on the front door of the house, and the four of them get back in their car and leave. That's the first Tate killings. There you go. Oh, yeah, that's hard to listen to. All right, let's take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about what happens next with the Manson killings here in Rock School. out of the break i said at the beginning of the show that there is a connection to the mamas and the papas in all of this sharon tate who was killed yes her husband was roman polanski right yeah roman polanski was not even in the country at the time so he was never a suspect he was out filming something exactly he was in europe he comes back immediately upon hearing the news doesn't even go to the house goes straight to the house of john phillips the lead singer of the mamas and the papas why? Why? Because he, Roman Polanski, and Michelle Phillips had an affair at one time, and John found out. Michelle Phillips is the hus- or the wife of John oh, Phillips. Oh, so his immediate suspicion. Right. Because when John found out, he threatened Roman Polanski's life. I will kill you if I ever get the chance. So he's positive that, oh, that well, Phillips is the murderer. That, I mean, that's pretty... Logical. For a man who's grieving... You, you know, that's fairly logical. Roman Polanski breaks into John Phillips' house and grabs his address book and takes it back to the house and compares letters to the word pig on the door. And when John Phillips is found, he's not even in the city. Yeah. When John Phillips is found and brought there, there is a fisticuffs confrontation. You know, you, yeah. SOB, you yeah. killed my wife, blah, blah, blah. When they are pulled apart and it's told to Polanski, look, he wasn't even in the city. He was barely yeah. in the yeah. state. You know, he's performing. He wasn't even around. Mm-hmm. Things calmed down. But for a very short amount of time, John Phillips and the Mamas and the Papas was a suspect in the Tate killings. Wow. How about that? That is, I mean, yeah, in retrospect, it's hard to even imagine that they didn't just go pick up the Manson family immediately. But really, how did, could they know? It was, no, it was it pretty was much random. random. You got it. From the Beatles' White Album again. This is I Will. Okay, why did he care about the song I Will? Listen to it. It sounds as if they're singing to a long-lost love. Manson was positive it was him. In a long line of crazy people who think that I musicians know. are talking to them. I yes. got it. Sounds like this on Rock School. Who knows how long I've loved you. Beatles. Let's get to the second killing because we have to do it quickly. Leno and Rosemary LaBianca. When, again, the race war did not start 
off of these killings. Manson was upset at the people who did the killings and said, you didn't do it right. Let me show you. So Manson and six other people leave that night simply searching for a house. So, yeah, this one also was completely random. Pure random, pure, dumb, stupid luck. They arrive at the house of Leno and Rosemary LaBianca. In goes Manson and says to these two people, if you... You know, just do what we say. It's a robbery. We'll be gone. So they tie him up with electrical cords. Mm-hmm. When the family goes in, they stab Leno Labianca. They carve the word war into his chest. And they literally take kitchen knives and forks and stab him. Why? Remember the song the Piggies? Right. They need their forks and knives to eat their oh. bacon. When Rosemary hears about it, from all accounts, it is understood she put up a heck of a fight. And it took over 40 stab wounds to kill her, but finally she succumbs. It is at the LaBianca house where the most messages are. Death to pigs is written on the wall. Uh The word rise is written in blood on the wall. And I I couldn't get into it because of time, but there's a huge uh, backstory on how the word rise is on the White Album five or six times. And it's believed by Manson. It means the African-American man is to rise. And finally, Helter Skelter is written on the refrigerator, but misspelled. H-E-A-L-T-E-R. It's just H-E-L is the correct spell. Yeah, yeah. Now, furthermore, they try to make it start the race war. And this is so horrifically racist, it's almost painful to say. But what they did is they ate watermelon and left the rinds in the... I know they left the rinds in the sink. I know that it's like, why? I mean, why am I even reacting to anything so, like... It's at this horrible. point, but it's, it's like as the, bad as it is. the horrid ridiculousness of everything. You're right. They then take showers at the house, change into the victim's clothes, taking their own <sighs> bloody clothes with them, and they split. And the second killings This is what, like, you done. can kind of see how one person can be insane enough to do horrific things. Yep. Like, they can just go insane, but a pack of people. I'm with you. And, you know, I know, like, now we have these, you know, gun shootings and everything like that but the stabbing is just really horrific if you would like to know why they use a knife so much apparently on the uh the uh, the album the white album revolution number nine there is a part of it and i'll play it at the lecture and mm-hmm. you'll hear it if, if the lecture is posted there's a section of it that says lots of stabs lots of stabs oh, lots of stabs yeah here's one by charles manson this is actually manson singing this is called six city on what can i do Can never seem to be satisfied with living Going on the road, yeah, I'm gonna try to say Six cities so long goodbye and die Technically, Beth, this probably should have been two shows. I could have easily filled two shows because I didn't come anywhere near, and let me just tell you in the audience things to look for. I didn't come anywhere near his, Charles Manson's, belief system that also Revelation 9, not just Revolution 9 Uh from the White Album, but Revelation 9. He linked them. He linked them together and believed that the, uh, the entire book suggested he should be the Jesus Christ on earth. It also references the Beatles the whole way through. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Beth West. Class is dismissed. Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these broken wings and learn to fly